Let's get to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Tonight's crank file comes to us from Eater.com. This one's dated September 6th, 2023. Training for the Olympics of Cheese. I know we have some Finally. cheese lovers on the panel tonight. I'm After months excited. of rigorous practice and study, Courtney Johnson and Sam Rollins are set to represent the United States at the world's best cheesemonger competition this month. That's right, Leon. We're going there. Monger. Cheesemonger. Two things in. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Cheese. Why the cheese got, why the cheese got to be a monger? <laughs> There's two things in this world that I just would be so upset if my health wouldn't allow me to consume anymore. And that's obviously booze and cheese. Alcohol and cheese. Like, I love cheese. I both, love it. Both products of a fermented process. Well done, Leo. Mm-hmm. Courtney Johnson and Sam Rollins are currently in training. They're meeting with a team of coaches to finesse their routines. They're spending their days practicing the same moves over and over. They're reminding themselves to keep calm and focused when performing in front of an audience. They're fine-tuning their senses. And when they arrive in France next week to compete in the world's best cheesemonger competition at the Mondial de Fromage, the prestigious <laughs> international trade show for cheesemakers, they will be ready. The so, Mondial de, de Fromage. The Mondial de Fromage. The world That's going to be the name of for my cheese. company when I start it. Fuck yeah. Actually, I saw Mondial de Fromage at uh, Coachella one year, didn't I? I think so. <laughs> Reading Joe Berkowitz's American Cheese opened my eyes to the world of cheesemonger competition, specifically to the Cheesemonger Invitational. The gauntlet goes like this. In America, every year, cheesemongers gather at the Cheesemonger Invitational, which usually takes place in New York or San Francisco. <laughs> there is not a Cheesemonger Invitational. <laughs> Let's go back and read that again. Can I have the court reporter read back the testimony? In America, Every year, cheesemongers gather at the Cheesemonger Invitational, <laughs> which usually takes place in New York or San Francisco. Launched in 2010 mm. by cheese importer and cheerleader of the American cheese industry, Adam Moskovitz, the Invitational crowns the best cheesemonger in the country. Then every two years, there is CMI Masters, Cheesemonger Invitational Masters, the winners of which, this year it's Johnson's and Rollins, get the honor of competing as Team USA at Mondial de Fromage, which takes place at the Loire Valley from September 10th to 12th. An American has yet to win the crown of world's best cheesemonger at the competition, which was founded in 2013. It's a 10-year-old competition. Who makes the, the best guy who found cheese? It, his, it's, it's, the irony is hilarious. His name is Adam Mouskowitz. <laughs> Likes cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this whole article. It's for the spirit of competition, asshole. I swear. <laughs> I really don't want to eat all the cheese. I just want to look at it. Adam uh, Moskowitz is, is only this is not one foot tall. Reporter. Here is that, here's that fucking word. Artisanal cheese culture mm -hmm. in the United States didn't really pop off until the 70s, which puts American hundreds or even thousands of years behind the generational knowledge throughout much of Europe and Central Asia. It is true that the good cheesemongers in France, who we've had the opportunity to speak with this summer, know their stuff on a really profound level to a degree that is just not expected in the U.S. at all, Rollins says. And that is really intimidating. But things are slowly changing. In 2019, the U.S. Cheese won the World Cheese Awards for the first time. And with every year, 
the industry continues to grow. So I'll tell you what, I don't watch the hot dog eating contest anymore, uh, but I do appreciate it. And I believe that it's a tr- tradition that needs to continue. Mm, preach. Uh, but I believe that I would like to watch this competition. This cheesemonger so, competition. So check, check this out. Where would you, if you guys were to associate cheese, Wisconsin, the, Wisconsin. Thank you. Where else? In the town of Macaroni. Good guess. I was thinking California. Mm. Oh, yeah. Happy cows happy make cows. happy milk. Yeah. Happy cows. Mm. No? What do you think? Where, where's the good cheese, Mitch? Where, if you're in the United States, like I just, I just arrived in the United States and I want some fucking cheese. Where do um, I go? I, Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin is definitely, that's, that's the only place that even remotely comes to mind. Uh, but I, I don't, the whole, I mean, the whole Midwest is just full of dairy farms. So it could you be. You go anywhere. to Chicago for a hot dog. You go to the South for barbecue. You go to New York for a slice. Where do you go for cheese? I think it's, I think it's that straight part of Oklahoma that sits atop Texas that nobody knows oh, what's going panhandle? on Oh, the panhandle? I have a yeah. special episode about the panhandle coming up. You guys I are going to like it. That, that place I mean, is the fucking like, purge. I feel like cheese, cheese capital of the country is as good a place as any for that. that well, that check it out. Johnson and Rollins, who are representing Team USA, come from Seattle and Portland, respectively. Yeah. Do you ever consider the Pacific Northwest to be a haven of cheese? Well, here's what I think. When I think of those two cities, I think that they are two of the biggest winer cities. So they want some cheese with that wine. Ah, makes a lot of sense. Well done. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> you know what I think about that, Leon? Mm-hmm. Neat. That's right. <laughs> The competition is open to both candidates who have won national competitions, two per country, plus one alternate. Oh, where's the alternate? We got to get the alternate. And those from countries without cheesemonger competitions, the latter of whom must submit extra proof of their expertise. Then the competition itself consists of nine tests. There's a blindfold test where competitors must identify not just the cheese, but also the details, like their countries of origin and maturing times, there's a test to see how accurately they can cut. <laughs> yes. Say it. Finish that sentence. I'm so glad I didn't make the joke sooner. Finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> There's a test to see how accurately they can cut the cheese. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Just in case you want to know what a fart in a wind tunnel sounded like. And there are also more creative categories, like making a plate that must include a cheese of Mondial's choosing and creating artistic cheese platters and sculptures. Johnson says the blind taste test is the most intimidating. They cut the rinds off the cheese and don't put them in an order that would make sense for normal tasting. So you might get a stronger cheese first that will cloud your palate. She's focusing mm. her energy on getting her pairings right and making sure she has her timing down. Rollins has been studying cheese facts and spending all day cutting cheese mm-hmm. <laughs> at work. And they both have met over Zoom with a team of industry professionals. Moskovitz, Lilith Spencer of Jasper Hill Farm, and cheesemonger Alex Armstrong, the team alternate, to help further tweak their visions. We had a Zoom call this week, and I was like, this is what I'm doing for this test. 
No, that's too much. Don't do that. I absorb all that input and aggregate that into whatever comes out. I'm always learning and trying to refine things. I think with cheese, like it's not one of the, that's not a judging I would want to do as much as I like cheese because I feel like the really good cheese is like riding that line of edible and straight mold. So I don't know where, where that line crosses over and you're eating un, unhealthy amount of mold. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, blue cheese, the guy who discovered that and ate it, very brave, very brave. I'm glad he did because I wouldn't mm. have eaten it. But you know what? I'll drink to that. Perhaps the test that best encapsulates just what it is a cheesemonger does is the five-minute presentation contestants must give on a cheese of their choice. Essentially, they're recreating the cheese-buying experience for judges, demonstrating their expertise, but also their enthusiasm for a cheese they believe is special. Do you guys have any idea what a cheese-buying experience is? Do you guys have one of those? What is a a cheese-buying experience? Yeah. Cheese. What is the cheese buying experience? I feel like the only cheese buying experience I ever had was just going to that section of Trader Joe's where all the cheeses are laid out, and I just kind of stare at it for a while and go, "One of these might I eat with some crackers at some point." That's the extent of my cheese eating. Yeah, but you didn't have to talk to anybody, right? There was no human interaction on the cheese. No. I will say when I go into the uh, Foofy store, when, I, when I'm like, hey, I want some high quality stuff, the uh, cheese selection is outstanding, but I have no freaking clue what I'm looking at. And it but just you seems, see the cheese. Yeah, you see, you, it's like scattered. It's like mm. a bunch of different cheeses in a bin. And you know what? I don't enjoy that experience. I would like people to organize it in such <laughs> a way of going from... <laughs> Mild to sharp to funky. Present your cheese for me so that I may select of the best among you. Yes, I feel like very funky cheese tonight. Parade your cheese in front of me, peasant. (laughs) And then bring the servants with the bouillon so that I may pay. I mean, the presentation matters. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Would you like them to show you the proper way to cut the cheese? Hold on, hold on. Hold I think on. I, I figured got, that one out. I got a better one. That's right. Okay. A little Peppa Pig. That's right. For those of you who like a little animated penis with the body of a pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, behind the towering displays in the theatrical cheese cutting competitions. This is why Johnson, Rollins, and other cheesemongers get into the business. The artisanal cheese industry is a well-situated gateway to issues like regenerative agriculture and sustainable food making. Oh, adult talk. Cheese inspires obsession in a way many other foods do not. And cheesemongers can translate that obsession into knowledge and care, whether that means guiding you toward new favorites that are made locally or spotlighting makers who prioritize animal welfare and keep sustainable traditions alive. Johnson and Rollins held a practice battle in Seattle late August. First time they put all their displays and plates together against the clock. Next week, they'll arrive in France to face some cheesemongers whose national competitions have been happening for far longer than some who come from countries with even younger artisanal cheese traditions. But Rollins says winning isn't the draw. I think that it's going to be inspiring. I'm just going to bring what I got 
and see what everybody else has got. And win or not, the U.S. will have a seat at the table. For the country's ever-growing artisanal cheese community, that is a kind of victory in its own right. But a win would be nice, too. All right, I'd like to take a small poll before we leave the cheese topic. All hail the cheese. I'm going to give you three meals, and you're going to tell me the three cheeses you choose for that. Burger. Sandwich. With a toothpick in it. Go. Burger. I'm going to put sandwich last. What? No, okay, I know, but what? You, I need three cheeses from you. Oh, what cheese are you putting on a burger? Cheeses? Yeah. Fucking complicated. All right. Um, pepper jack, provolone, really, really sharp cheddar. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're agreeing with that? I'm, I'm going with the, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with pepper jack. That's, that's a good call. Step up. And sharp you. cheddar. I like those too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go sharp cheddar on the burger. Mm. I'm going to go Swiss cheese on the sandwich. Yeah. Nice play. And I'm I going like, to go mozzarella uh, on a toothpick as long as there's a piece of tomato and balsamic on there. Too. Okay, sure. cheating. Havarti. That's a salad. Havarti. Is Havarti on a sandwich? You can Havarti's, put Havarti on a sandwich. But this is where I was going earlier. Is Do you guys see oh. the cheese? Because I like that really, really, really sharp, oh my God, white cheddar. And mm-hmm. it usually comes in a black vacuum sealed okay. package. I can't see the cheese. I have to trust that it's good. Mm. So this whole idea of let me see your cheese before I buy it, it's like, okay, I, okay. All right, as a capitalist, I enjoy the demo, but I, I don't, my cheese buying experience doesn't involve a demo. Mm-hmm. You guys have that? Is that your, is that not your? Mm. Well, I mean the fancy experience? cheeses, yes, but no, when you're going to the cheese aisle there where it's sliced, shredded, or block, you're not really you're just picking whatever one. I suppose that's fair. When you go to the butcher cabinet, yeah. you want to watch them slice it in that rotating wheel. Yeah. 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 Jersey Mike's that shit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey Mike's, uh, if you'd like to sponsor the show, we'd sponsor by Jersey Mike's. They have also a free plug for Jersey Mike's. The Concra, the Conk, the Conk, the Concra. Put the show on hold. They make it's a very unintuitive sandwich. You guys know where I'm going with this? I do not. Favorite favorite Jersey Mike's. What do you got? Number nine. Number nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have a lot of Jersey Jersey Mike's. I don't see them out here. That fucking quitter. They're everywhere. Stop being lazy. There, there are there are some, but I uh, there's a there's like a spicy Italian. I don't know what what name it goes by, but it's. Uh, yeah, it's like salami, Genoa, you know, it's a couple, a couple of the different spicy time ones. I like that one. Okay. So Leon pulled the number nine, which is roast beef, turkey, Swiss, applewood, smoked bacon, and mayo. Mm-hmm. I, I go uh, no mayo, add pickles, but Mike's way. All right. You, you just saved yourself because I was going to disown you. Well done. Ditch the mayo. This one that I'm thinking of here is the Cancro special. C-A-N-C-R-O. Sounds like what I got in college when I met you the wrong me. girl. Yeah, I mean, as, as you know. The number 12, which is one before the original Italian. The original Italian, number 13, is provolone ham, prosciutto, gabagool, salami, and pepperoni. You would miss so like the midges. The 12. I think, yeah, I think that's what I speak of. The 12 is the cancro special, which is all natural oven roasted top rounds and provolone 
perfectly complemented with a layer of pepperoni. This is roast beef and pepperoni. Well, that's an interesting combination. It is, and it's fucking delicious. All right, I'll give it a try. Number 12, Tancra Special. Unofficial sponsor of the pod. Jersey Mike. Anyway, that wraps up the crank file. Let's get to Hero of the Week. This one was all over the news and I got it, which I think it was an obscure story before it started getting big. And then all of a sudden, like one week after I got it, it blew up. So I wanted to wait until it died back down because we don't do popular news stories here at the Bottle of the Brown podcast. We like the shit that falls no between way. the cracks. This one fell between the cracks, got found, and then fell between the cracks again. This one is dated September 21st. And this is from... Number six, ABC Action News, WPVI, Philadelphia. Woman rescued from outhouse toilet after climbing in to retrieve her Apple Watch. You guys know this one? No, I did not hear the story. The incident happened at Dixon Lake in Otsego County's Bagley Township in Michigan. Oh, it takes place in Bagley Township, Michigan. A woman was rescued Tuesday from an outhouse toilet in northern Michigan, northern Michigan, after she climbed in to retrieve her Apple Watch and became trapped. So, so do I understand this right? She climbed into where the poo-poo goes? Yep. To get her Apple Watch? To get her okay. watch. Yep. How much is an Apple Watch worth? Why wouldn't you just, well. We're about to find out. I can't believe I'm even asking this. Why wouldn't you just reach in? But why would you reach in? <laughs> I actually had to do that once. I had to do it once. It was the worst and, day of my life. And I'm scarred. I, I still remember your dad telling, telling us about when he dropped his phone in the toilet once. And it was like sitting on the turd. And he was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> That's the question. I, is it worth it? I dropped my car keys and I had to get it. I think that's kind of worth it. Is that, so there's a line. There's yeah, a line. Yeah, there's, not, there's not much choice with that. All right. So the woman whose name was not released <laughs> lowered herself inside the toilet after dropping the watch at the Department of Natural Resources boat launch at Dixon Lake in Otsego County's Bagley Township. Now, again, this is not a toilet. This is a porta potty. For those of you wondering, there are some feet between the seat and the liquid. This is where the is it worth it question <sighs> comes up. First responders were. <laughs> I can already see the next advertisement for Apple. Apple Watch. So awesome. You'd swim through shit to get it back. Apple Watch. It's the shit. Generation nine. <laughs> oh, wait. Remember that old joke we used to tell in high school? You smell that? It smells like shit. It's Apple Watch. Apple Watch is the shit. <laughs> oh, God. Would you ever wear it again after that? Well, why would you get it if you weren't going to wear it? What a waste. First responders. Obviously, this person. Well, the story goes on. First responders were called when the woman was heard yelling for help. The toilet was removed and a strap was used to haul the woman out. (laughs) I need a picture of this woman. I'm sorry for those of you at home. This probably isn't as much fun for you as it is for us. Let me start over. First responders were called when the woman was heard yelling for help. The toilet was removed and a strap was used to haul the woman out. 
For those of you just joining the Bottle of Brown podcast, welcome. God damn it, welcome. <laughs> we post links to these stories in the show notes, so please follow along while you're listening. Or if you're in the car listening, awesome. Go home and look at this shit because it's funny. There's a picture Quite of the outhouse literally. right here. If you lose an you item in an outhouse... Well, she had a shitty day. Yeah. Oh, man. But well, she did day. now. It's a real shitty day. State police said in a release... If you lose an item in an outhouse toilet, do not attempt to venture inside the containment area. Serious Why does injury that need to be may occur. Said? Why does that need to be said? Because it's the police. It was stupid people all day. There are ones <sighs> for everything. No, this is natural selection. That's what this is. I agree. Like We just need to let this happen. Natural consequences. Do not issue warnings for people to not crawl into outhouses after items. We I, want to see this. This is what we need to in today's off. world. This is the entertainment we need in our world today. Good, clean humor. <sighs> the state police did not say Wednesday if the woman was injured or if the watch was recovered. Fucking better again. <laughs> By the way, Bagley Township is about 240 miles northwest of Detroit. Could we get a GoFundMe for this poor person out there? Let's see if we can get a new new watch think, for her. I think what out she there. I think what she did should be should be known as Shawshanking it from from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Mitch. That's good. <laughs> Oh. That's right. Mm. Andy Dufresne crawled through a mile of the worst smelling filth I've ever heard of. <laughs> Foul smelling filth. Oh, man. If we had him reading this story. Oh. <laughs> Let me post the picture of... Uh... That's the length um, of four Morgan, football fields. I can't find Morgan any Shawshank. Freeman, Morgan Freeman's staring right at some chick's chest, and it's like clearly like on an award show or like on a stage or something. And uh, the the caption said, "Morgan Freeman doesn't give a shit anymore." <laughs> <laughs> or he's going blind. Yeah, either way. Anyway, that wraps up the crank file. Oh, no, that wraps. Hold on. That's not a crank file. That's got to be a hero. That's a hero. That wraps up Hero of the Week. This place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>